Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Don't get carried away. Don't fall in love with the deal because there's always more deals and maintaining discipline when everybody is chasing deals is very difficult, but somehow, some way you have to do that if you want to survive in the long run. Welcome to the best ever show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with today's guest, Matthew Burke. Matthew is joining us from Portland, Oregon. He is the CEO of both Fairway America and Verivest. One is a commercial real estate investment fund manager the other a CRE software advisory and service provider. Matt's portfolio consists of $1 billion in assets across multiple classes, including multifamily, storage, and retail. Matt, thanks for joining us, and how are you today? Thanks for having me. Really good, Ash. Thanks much. Glad to be here. Matt, before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. started Fairway about 30 years ago. We were a lender for a long time, running a number of private money real estate funds. The last 10 years or so, we've done predominantly equity investments. Pretty much all asset classes were very active with 
a co-manager model. We partner up with local operators around the country and take what we think are best-in-class strategies at any point in time. So we've done storage, retail, a lot of multifamily. So really any type of asset strategy that we think makes sense with a good operating partner. That's on the fairway side. Veribest is a accounting and technology provider for syndicators and real estate asset-based fund managers looking to start new funds, grow their funds, scale how they structure them, how they put them together, do the back-end admin and accounting and so forth. So two different companies serving the same groups of people, and it's a lot of fun. With Veravest, when you say back-end accounting, is it just fund accounting or is it accounting for the entire asset? It's just the fund accounting on the investor side. So we do not do property level accounting. So people generally will do that on their own or with property managers, but the entity that is the ownership entity that contains all the investors and doing the fund accounting for the waterfalls and the investor side of the equation. Got it. So as a syndicator or fund manager, we would still run our own books. However, when it comes to everything fund related, including setup, accounting, taxes, I'm assuming Veravest will handle all of that. Yeah, we have done advisory work, Osh, for managers all over the country that want to set up. If people who are looking to move from doing the kind of one deal at a time model, where you're raising money from investors in a single asset to doing it in a pooled investment fund, we've done a great deal of work helping people structure those funds. I would say that when people are making the leap from the one deal at a time model to the pooled fund model, there's just a lot of different things that go on there, a lot of moving parts. It's kind of an order of magnitude, more things to deal with. So we help them structure it properly in the first place, get it all set up right, and then do the back-end fund accounting that they can use to provide to their investors. So yeah, they'll generally do the property-level accounting, provide us with the cash transactions, and then we run them through the fund books and provide that to the manager and the investors. And there is a tremendous amount to setting up a fund. Yes. What are some mistakes that you see when things aren't done correctly? Oh, <laughs> I could name a lot of mistakes. I would say there are probably eight or 10 misconceptions Osh, that people have when they're setting up a fund. And I'd say the most common one is that people try to extrapolate how it works on a single deal into a fund model and often confuse the economics so I'd say setting the fund up improperly in the first place where you don't match the nature of the assets to the type of vehicle that you set up is a very common mistake, and it causes a lot of downstream problems. So I think one of our biggest value prop is we help them avoid those mistakes in the first place, which makes it much easier downstream, even if they're not really aware of the mistakes that they might be making. Now, let me play devil's advocate. Look, if you're a small-time investor, you set up your funding correctly, how much trouble are you really going to get into? What do you mean by trouble? There's legal issues, there's accounting issues. Is the SEC, am I going to be on their radar? No, I'd say if you're a real small manager, it's highly unlikely that the SEC would be on their radar. Now, if people are criminals and they rip people off, then even if you're small, then the SEC obviously takes that very seriously. But I'd say it's less about the SEC, Austin. It is about making it something that actually works for both the manager and the investor in terms of how they have it set up in the first place. So it's a lot more to do with that than it is about, look, if you have competent legal counsel, they'll keep you out of trouble pretty much every time. But that doesn't mean they necessarily will structure the fund properly from an economic standpoint. What are some of the benefits of setting up a fund? 
I would tell you this, man. I think not everybody should set up a fund. In fact, more of them than not should probably not set up a fund. There are certain prerequisites in my mind that people need to have to justify the expense and the time and the effort to put together a fund, one of which is you have to have sufficient deal volume. It's harder to raise capital in a pooled fund because investors no longer get to pick and choose individual transactions, right? They're now investing in a blind pool vehicle and allowing the manager to pick and choose those deals. But assuming you have the appropriate prerequisites, there's a lot of advantages from both a manager and an investor standpoint. From a manager standpoint, you have more discretion over the deals that you're choosing. You can act more quickly, assuming you have the capital in that fund. And by the way, that's another common misconception is that if you build it, the money will just magically show up. You actually have to go raise it. And as I said, it's even harder. From an investor standpoint, among other things, it's diversified. So there's multiple assets in there instead of one. So if you only have one deal that happened to struggle, that's okay in a pooled investment fund because statistically, not every deal is going to knock it out of the park. Are you seeing a certain type of fund trending right now? No, I wouldn't say any different than normal. I think it's probably harder right this moment because of what's going on in the macroeconomic environment with rates doing what they're doing. But I'd say there's always a lot of people in the mortgage pool space, private money lenders that raise capital from high net worth in order to make loans and not necessarily buy the property. Those are always seem to be in demand and there's always people looking to do that. But I wouldn't say there's anything that's trending at the moment that's any different than normal. Matt, you have access to a tremendous amount of data with the two companies that you're running. What are you seeing right now in terms of investor appetites, deal flow, and we're at the end of January of 2023? Yeah. Well, obviously, deal flow is down across the board. Interest rates having shot up as fast as they did has put a damper on the market. I think sellers have not really capitulated to the new reality, so buyers are looking for really great deals and sellers are holding on to yesterday's prices. So as a result, you're not seeing nearly as many deals get done. Obviously things don't cash flow as well at 7% as they did at four or three. So deal volume is down considerably. I think there's a lot of wait and see at the moment. See what the Fed does here coming up in February. I think if you see some stabilization, at least start seeing it slow down a little bit and people can see where the peak is, then I think there's a lot of people with pent up cash and demand to try to get back in the market. But right now it's a lot of wait and see, Ash, and a lot of deals not getting done at the moment. Did you start Verivest? Yes. We started doing fund admin actually in 2014 at Fairway and it became its own animal and a little different line of business than doing the investment side. So we spun it out of fairway at the beginning of 2017. What was the void you were trying to fill? Really, the evolution of it was coming out of the Great Recession. We were winding down our fourth or fifth fund at that time. And I had a number of people come asking me, I know you know a lot about funds and you've set them up and wound them down. And I got some questions. I'm thinking about setting up a fund. What do you think of this? And what do you think of that? And after the fourth or fifth one, Osh, we were going, well, hey, we were looking for a new business model as we were winding our fund down. So we started doing advisory work for people who raise money from high net worth investors around the company and coming at it from the position of a practitioner. 
because there's a lot of different aspects to running a fund, right? Legal and accounting and origination and asset management and tax and all of these different things that each of the people who provide those things view it from that lens. As a manager, I understand how all of those tie together. So I think our advice, people found it very valuable because it was practical coming from a position of the manager. So we started doing the advisory work. We had quite a bit of demand for doing it. And at this point, 10 years later, we've done in the several hundreds of engagements with folks around the country. Very quickly thereafter, people discovered that when they set up a fund, they didn't really know how to do the pooled fund accounting. Because if you have 10, 20, 30, 50, 80, 100 investors coming in at different points in time, and you have 5, 10, 20 assets being acquired and managed all closing at different points in time, how do you allocate the income and expenses appropriately to those investors based on when they came in and when they come out? It's more complicated than a single deal. So people started asking us if we would do the admin and being the entrepreneurs that we were, we said, well, sure, we'll help you do the admin. We know how to do it. So we started doing it. And then as that grew, the demand was just very strong. It grew and Fairway decided, look, we're really in the investment business. That's when we spun it out. At this point, Verivest is about three and a half billion in assets under administration. With From an admin company, that's fairly small, but we really do cater to new managers that are just getting started, whereas a lot of the fund admin companies focus on huge institutional multi-billion dollar funds, which we kind of cater to guys that were just like me when I started out, which is doing it one deal at a time and building it up from nothing to something larger. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 12th through the 14th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 high-level apartment investors while networking with more than 700 additional investors. If that's not enough for you, A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez, 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets, will be live and in person speaking at the event. Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to MFINCon.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit MFINCON.com today. Use the promo code BESTEVER to get $200 off your tickets. That's MFINCON.com. What's the difference if I were to set up a fund back in 2010? where I didn't have companies like you available versus today, what would I have to do back in the day to set up a fund? Well, almost always. And, and to a large degree, Ash, this is still true today is you start with a lawyer. You have to have legal documents that comply with securities law. And to this day, you, people still need to have a lawyer and you do want to be represented and you want to have competent counsel. But I would tell you that counsel comes at it from a legal angle and understands how to keep you out of trouble, but they don't necessarily grasp the interrelatedness of all of the other factors that go into putting a fund together that makes sense. So I think there's more people today that do it than did it 10 years ago. Verivest is actually launching a product here in the next 30 days where we're going to automate that process and allow people to set up their own syndication or fund entirely online. And then they still will need to hire securities counsel to represent them, but it simplifies the process greatly from what's been a very antiquated offline 20th century model up until now. And technology is changing everything in the world, and this is no exception. 
and hence the void you filled. Exactly. So with Fairway America, from what you said, you partner with operators like us and you take an equity stake. How does that work? We set up a co-manager model. So effectively, we identify the boots on the ground local operators who are the ones that know their market and acquire the property and do the leasing and the construction oversight and management, right? The operator. And then we provide the creation of the documents. We come in as a co-GP or co-manager. We share control rights in the deal in terms of major decisions need to be made unanimously. And we are truly the co-manager of the deal. We bring a big part of the co-manager capital and we'll raise the money and bring in the LP capital as well, either through fund vehicles that we have on our own or through bringing it in from high net worth investors on a deal by deal basis. We'll partner with, I'd say, an ideal client would be somebody who has significant deal flow. Because as you well know, the first deal is always the most difficult with a new partner because you got to get to know each other. But once you understand how it works, then it gets easier and easier. So we have probably eight or 10 pretty strong co-partner relationships around the country in different asset strategies, multifamily, industrial, storage, et cetera. What's the minimum deal size? I'd say a typical deal size would be a raise between two or three million would be on the low end, eight or 10 would be on the high end and four or five in equity is the sweet spot. So you're talking total capitalization in the range of 10 to $15 million. We've done some bigger ones. We've done some smaller ones, but that's typical. And I'm assuming preservation of wealth versus value add. We've done a little of both. I would say we've been largely a value add. We don't do a lot of ground up development or anything that we consider to be a wildly speculative, but we definitely want there to be a clear component of being able to add value to the transaction. I would say that we're not basic core investors just going in and clipping coupons. We're definitely looking to find things where we can add value. Matt, selfishly, I'm going to ask this. I am a non-residential commercial investor. So for example, a five to $7 million strip mall, would mm-hmm. that be appealing? I think with the right partner in the right location, yes. And we've done some things like that. So yeah, we did a lot of retail ash back in, I'd say 17, 18, 19. Those have been some of the best performing assets we've had in our portfolio. I'd say we're a little bit of contrarians. If there's a good thesis there and we understand what the risk is, not afraid to buck the trend. Like in those days, everybody was fearful that retail was dead when Amazon was going to eat everybody's lunch. But these local strip centers, with especially grocery anchored, they've performed extremely well in the last five, six years. Yes. And I applaud you because a lot of people with similar ventures just don't have the appetite for retail, especially retail where you just don't park money, right? The whole food strip mall that's going to be there forever, you yeah. know, four or five cap, but the value add retail. So good. That's, that's great to hear. What's next on the horizon? Well, I think this year we're focusing very heavily on asset management. I've been in this business Osh, for 30 years. So I've been through multiple recessions, including the big one in 08 to 10, 11, 12. I think in times like this, you really focus on asset management. You want to make the most of the things that you're already in bed with. I think we're looking at new transactions, certainly, but we're really being cautious about picking and choosing our spots and focusing on delivering value on the assets that we've already acquired. Veribest, we're launching the Fund Builder product here. I think the target launch date is February 15th, and that's going to be the automated process of allowing people to set up syndications and funds. Really looking forward to launching that and growing that over time. So 
Yeah, paying attention to the stuff in our backyard right now and launching the fund builder product. What's the cost going to be to set up a fund? We're launching first the syndication builder. So it's 4950 to set it up on the front end. And then it's an ongoing monthly fee associated with the admin. And that varies depending on the size of the deal. So it's tied to the total equity raised and the total number of investors. And then for the fund, do you have a ballpark on what that would cost? Yeah, I think we're still playing with that. That'll be a follow-on launch later in, I'm hoping, Q2, maybe Q3, probably in the range of fifteen to 20000 on the front end for a pooled investment fund, and then similar basis points tied to the total size of the fund on an ongoing basis for the administration. And right now, the going rate for a syndication, you're looking at about fifteen grand for a typical attorney to do it all, right? I would say that's pretty accurate. Yes, yeah. we've done a lot of studies out there. And the number you just hit is exactly the number I would have told you that I think is probably the most common. That's what we've paid in the past. So yeah, it's a great deal for investors out there and makes becoming a syndicator more attainable, even on smaller deals with maybe not so many investors. Yeah, exactly. It's besides just the creation of the documents, it does include a marketing site where people can upload the information on their deal, point investors to it. It includes the invest flow so they can do everything right there, see about the deal, learn about it, click the buttons, press invest, go through all the subscription documents, the whole nine yards. So for a new syndicator, we think it's going to be a really attractive product and looking forward to seeing how it meets the public reception here in, in a few weeks. All right, Matt, you're a unicorn. One, you're a disruptor with 30 years of experience in this industry. What else is ripe for disruption that's so archaic in our industry? Oh, I think the documents, I do think the accounting for the documents is ripe for disruption on the administration side, which I think Verivest is also focusing on heavily over time. I think anything that's done in a old-fashioned way is right for disruption. You see what chat GPT is doing to content. I think content creation is going to be disrupted in a big way by artificial intelligence. I think a lot of the processes that have been done historically by humans are going to be done more and more by technology. So I think you're just really seeing the beginnings of the impact to the real estate space of technology that has upended a lot of other industries. I don't think this industry is going to be any exception. So it's kind of wild, man. I'm 59 years old and to see what's happening at the pace it's happening right now in this industry is unbelievable. So trying to stay at the forefront of it and not get swept away by it. Yeah. Finally, things are changing, right? It seems like this industry just lags behind. It does. It's a slow moving industry. You think about how slow the assets happen. It's like a lease takes forever to negotiate. Then it's a five-year deal and it just, everything takes longer in real estate. And I think the pace at which it adopts technology has also been the case. You're seeing more and more things across the whole industry of data collection and how things are done. It's fascinating. Yeah. We just signed up for a placer.ai subscription Yeah, where it's incredible. They triangulate cell phone data. So we know how many yeah. people I know. go into different locations. And I know it's so valuable having that data. Yeah. We looked at that. It's crazy the things that can be done now. Even the way in which our salespeople work with customers and the way in which we engage and can track information, it's accelerating at an increasingly fast clip. Yeah, Matt, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Make money on the buy. Real estate is all about making money on the buy. Don't overpay. Don't get carried away. Don't fall in love with the deal. 
because there's always more deals and maintaining discipline when everybody is chasing deals is very difficult, but somehow, some way you have to do that if you want to survive in the long run. Here's a question that's coming up a lot now. Obviously, you have the Dave Ramseys that tell you to buy for cash flow. And then you have a whole different, well, Dave Ramsey doesn't tell you to buy anything, but there's a group of people that tell you to buy for cash flow. Mm -hmm. Another group that wants you to buy for appreciation. Mm -hmm. You've seen market cycles. What are your thoughts on that argument? Well, I think it depends on the investment objectives of the specific investor. I think you can make money either way. But I think at the end of the day, it depends on what the investor is looking for. So I don't think there's any one right way. I think it depends on the individual manager and what their tolerance is and where their expertise lies. And then also what their investor base is looking for. It's kind of like, do you like chocolate or vanilla? They're not the same for everybody. Matt, I wanted a more definitive answer. (laughs) I wanted the wisdom. I'm pretty pretty good at uh, at waffling if I need to do. You've been hanging around attorneys way too long setting up this fund. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Matt, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right, Matt, what's the best ever book you recently read? I'm a big reader. I listen to a lot of Audible. I think the one I'm working on right now is called Customer Success, How Innovative Companies Reduce Churn and Create Recurring Revenue. I, that's a really good one. But so many of them, Osh, that it's like usually it's whatever I'm happy to be listening to at the moment. Matt, what's the best ever way you like to give back? Community service. We're fairly big with a number of projects around the office. We try to do regular things. We bring in interns and young people, try to teach them real estate. We've got partnerships with Gonzaga and Portland State University and things like that. Actively involved in Community Cycling Center, which is a charitable group that teaches kids about bikes. I'm a big cyclist, so I like to participate in that. Matt, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? Our website is fairwayamerica.com or veravest.com. And if you reach me, my email address is Matt, M-A-T-T dot Burke, B-U-R-K, at either Fairway America or Veribus. So either way is fine. Matt, I got to thank you for your time today. 30 years of wisdom. You're disrupting some parts of this business that drastically needed it. You're lowering costs of entry for funds and syndications. So thank you for what you've done for this industry. Yeah, my pleasure. I look forward to being on the judge panel with the Best Ever Conference coming up here in a few weeks. And if you would, share some details on that, on the pitch contest. Yeah, so at the Best Ever Conference coming up in Salt Lake here in early March, we're having, we'll call it the very best, Best Ever Pitch Slam. We're going to have 16 presenters come and present their deal or their company to a panel of five judges, myself and, and yourself, along with Joe Fairless and Bina Jetty and Dan Hanford. There's two different categories. The winner of the experience category, looking at a $350,000 commitment from the panel of judges. And we have a category of new managers. So these are newer, more emerging folks that are just getting started and they stand to get an investment commitment of 150000 So yeah, looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Well, Matt, thank you again for your time. Best ever listeners, thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so... Join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access 
and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.